It's good to see you all. Do you remember the time Jesus fell asleep on the boat? He was traveling across the sea with his disciples and he was, they were uh, rowing across there and this really violent storm came and it was so bad it started rocking the ship and the disciples became afraid and thought they were going to die. Meanwhile, Jesus is asleep on the boat. And so the disciples wake him up and they say to him, don't you care that we're about to die? And Jesus looks at them. And then he looks at the storm. And he says, peace, be still. And immediately it was silent. And this great calm. And the boat stopped rocking. And then Jesus looked at the disciples again, who were probably standing there with their mouths open. And he tells them this. He says, why is it that you have no faith? If you've been paying attention to the news this year, you know there's a lot of turbulation and problems in the world right now. It seems like so many people are fighting and there's a lot of distress and there's a lot of uncertainty in life and that causes a lot of stress to people and they become worried and you might have a lot of concern in your life because of this. But Jesus wants something better for his people than worry and stress all the time, you know? He wants us to have faith. And he wants us so much to have peace in our lives. And that's what I'm going to talk about this morning for a little bit. I'm going to talk about peace. The book of Strong's uses three words to describe peace. The words safe, secure, and silent. Everywhere peace is in the Bible, one of those three words is the root of that. Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's one of the things the Holy Spirit is supposed to give us. We're supposed to have that as Christians. You know, war is, war is a terrible thing. So many people die. And during the bombing raids of World War II, I've read how whole villages would be destroyed. And they would go in and weeks later find these people that survived who had lost everything and they found they would find sometimes they would find children just sitting staring in total shock they had lost everything and they hadn't eaten in weeks they were starving and they would bring these children out of that and they would take them and they would 
they would bring them into a place of comfort and peace, and they would give them all the food they wanted, and they would, they would take care of them. But oftentimes the children would still not be able to sleep because they had no security. There's, everything they knew had been taken away, and they were afraid. And so one of the things they did was they, as they tucked them in at night, they would give these children a piece of bread. And they would tell them this, was, this bread wasn't to eat. This isn't eating bread. This is what, this is holding bread. And they would tell them to hold that bread. And that bread was supposed to let them know that they ate today and they would eat again. And amazingly, it had a great effect. The children were able to sleep holding that bread. A lot of times, children need something to hold on to for security. What do Christians hold on to for security? What do you hold on to for security? Is it your job, your house, your home, your finances, your savings, the things that you have, your gun? Do these things give you security? You know, a lot of these things can give you things to worry about. but not really lasting security and peace. They won't give you the kind of peace that the Bible talks about, the kind of peace that God wants you to have. As Christians, our faith is what should give us peace. Faith is what you should hold on to when things get hard, when things get uncertain, when you have worries. Faith. It's what we need to hold on to. God wants us to have real lasting peace. Most of all, he wants us to have peace with him. And he also wants us to have peace with one another and peace with other people. The book of Hebrews, chapter 12 and verse 14 It says, pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. We're commanded here to try our best to have peace with everybody. And we're warned that if we don't, it can cause many people to fall. And... The story of Jacob and Esau is referenced here as an example of this, to teach us about this. And so I want to talk about that story just a little bit. In chapter 25 of the book of Genesis is where this is at. 
Abraham had a son named Isaac who married a lady named Rebecca. And Rebecca had twin sons, two boys. But Esau came out first. Because of Jewish tradition, he was then entitled to all the blessings of the firstborn, the greatest part of the inheritance and the blessings. Well, growing up, Jacob resented this. And one day Esau was out hunting, and he, and he didn't get any food. Well, Jacob stayed home and made this really savory stew. When Esau came home, he was hungry. And he was sitting there smelling that food. And he told his brother Jacob to give him some. And Jacob said, no. I'm not giving you any food, but I will sell it to you. you sell it for what? For your birthright? The birthright of the firstborn. Esau said, well, it's no good to me if I die of starvation. So he sold it to him. And years later, as Isaac was about to die, he told Esau to go hunt and get some, bring back some food, and I will give you the blessings of the firstborn. So Esau went to do that. And as he was gone, Jacob schemed to take that from him as well. He dressed up like his brother. At this point, Esau was completely blind, or rather his, his father, Isaac, was completely blind and he was able, through putting on his clothes and disguising himself, to fool his dad into thinking he was Esau. And his dad gave him the blessings as well. And when Esau came back and found out what was happened, he was very angry. And he went to his brother Jacob, and he told him, when dad dies, I'm going to kill you. So Jacob fled for his life, and he went to a far land, and he ran away from his brother. Jacob became very wealthy. He prospered and had all kinds of possessions and servants, but he didn't have peace, because every day he was looking behind his back expecting his brother to be there with a knife. He had no peace. So one day, his heart just couldn't take it anymore, and he sent a messenger to Esau, living in Edom, begging his forgiveness. And he sent along with the messenger possessions and gifts, donkeys and goats and all the things to try to appease him. His servant returned and said, Esau is coming. He's coming with So days passed, and finally Jacob saw Esau coming with all the men. And he took his possessions and just started sending them forward to meet him, 
gifts of every kind, his donkeys, his herds, his flocks, everything. Esau kept coming. And when he got close, he bowed down and prostrated himself in front of his brother with his wife and children, thinking, I'm about to die. Esau came and grabbed him by the neck, and he kissed his head, and he hugged his brother. You see, Esau has forgiven him. And they once again had peace. This story shows us two brothers in very different points in their lives. When Esau was young, he didn't care about the blessings of God. All he cared about was today. What can I get today? What can I fill my belly with today? Jacob was no better. All he cared about was gathering as many things as he could, accumulating wealth and possessions. He didn't care about his family. But when they were old, things changed. Their priorities changed. Esau learned to forgive his brother. And Jacob learned that all the possessions of the world don't, don't matter at all if you don't have peace. We need to learn from this story and take it to heart. And remember what's important in life. And it isn't the things that we may lose or gain. It's peace. Peace with God. Peace with our friends and our family and our neighbors and people we meet. Peace in life. In James chapter 4 and verse 1 it says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure, that war in your members? James says that war and conflict starts when you desire something you don't have. Someone has something you don't, or you don't have something you think you deserve. And you start thinking about it, start meditating on it. And you start to not like the other people because they have stuff you don't have. And say it's not fair. And you feed your mind with this often enough and that fruit of peace that the Holy Spirit gives you becomes rotten and disappears. You no longer feel the safety and the security of peace of God. Hebrews 13 and verse 5 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things that you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Determine in your mind to be content with what you have. And it will bear the good fruit of peace. 
As Christians, we're told to pursue peace with all people. Romans 12 and verse 18 says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. So how do you do that? How can you possibly be peaceful with all people? You know, some people are easy to get along with. It's not hard, but others, you know. It's not hard. It's not easy. They don't make it easy. How do you do that? James 1 and verse 19 says, Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Be willing to hear, really hear what other people are saying. And be very quick to forgive people their faults. Be anxious and fast to do that. Want to do that. Want to forgive people their faults. But also be quick to remember yours. Remember your own faults. Remember where you fall short and have made mistakes in the past. You know, we've all done things we're not proud of. And you don't want to dwell on those things all the time. But you also don't want to pretend they don't exist, that they didn't happen. It's important to remember when we're dealing with other people that we're not perfect either. Remember your salvation. Remember what God has done for you, how much you've been forgiven. Don't look in the mirror and forget who you are. Remember what you were. And give other people the same forgiveness, the same mercy that God has shown you. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 17, it says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I once read about this young Christian who joined the army. And as his custom, as he always did growing up, when he was in the army, at night, he would kneel down in front of his bed and he would pray before he went to sleep. Well, some of the other soldiers would mock him when he did this. They would make fun of him for doing this. But he never replied. He never responded. And to try to get, I guess, a reaction out of him, some of them took these old muddy boots that they had just taken off. They would take their muddy boots and they would throw it at him, start tossing them at him, hitting him while he prayed. Get a reaction. He never replied. The next day, the next morning, 
these people found their old muddy shoes washed completely clean and polished sitting by their bed. And after that, the mocking stopped. The teasing stopped. And a couple of them even asked him about his faith. And he was able to tell them about Jesus. Is there someone in your life that you have a conflict with? That you just can't get along with? Maybe you could try something like this. Try returning evil with good. Blessings for cursing. And see if you'll change their hearts. You need to desire that peace with your friends and loved ones and people you have in contact with. If you want to have peace, you can't hold a grudge. You can't. And if you're a Christian, you have to forgive people. No matter what they've done, you have to forgive them. If you're a Christian, because of what has been forgiven to you. Have you ever heard of this lady named Fanny Crosby? Some of you might know who Fanny Crosby is. She was living, she lived in the 1800s, a long time ago, and she was, when she was a little baby, she got this eye infection. And so they took her to the doctor to clear up the eye infection and the doctor was very careless and the medicine that he gave her instead of clearing up the infection made her blind. And she was totally blind her entire life. But the great thing about Fanny was she became a Christian. And this blind woman became an outstanding songwriter. And in her life, she wrote over 8,000 hymns, Christian hymns. And some of them are some of my favorite songs, like Blessed Assurance. I would be okay if we led that every day, every Sunday. It's such a beautiful song. And a lot of these songs up there on the board you might, you might recognize. But we sing these songs. And most of these songs, Fanny received one dollar for when she sold them. And when she was older, in an interview, they asked her if she met this doctor, if she could talk to him that made her blind, the doctor that made her blind, if, if she could say anything to him, what would she say? What would she, what would she do? And she, she said, I, I would just want to thank him and then thank him again and thank him over and over. Because Fanny believed that the blindness helped her to remove the distractions of life and put those songs in her heart 
that flowed so easily through her pen. And she was thankful for that. If you can take the tragedies of life, the, the bad things in life, and see the good in them, you can have peace like Fanny had. You could have peace like the Apostle Paul had, who counted all of his, in, his infirmities as blessings. Don't you want that peace? But what if you have a conflict with someone because of something you did? What if you made a terrible mistake and you wronged somebody and they just won't forgive you for it? What do you do? Well, were these two brothers that lived in a village long ago. And a lot of the people in the village were sheep farmers. And they made their living from sheep. And sheep started going missing. And turns out these brothers were stealing the sheep. And when they caught them, they threw them in jail and the villagers all got together and one of the things they did is they branded the letters ST on their foreheads. So everybody would know that these were sheep thieves. There goes the sheep thief. Well, one of the brothers left the country and everyone kept asking about this ST on his forehead. What does it mean? And the shame of it. And it just never left him. That brother ended up killing himself. But the other brother, he stayed in the village. And he worked hard to try to repay his debt. And he was the helpful. He would go and he would help people without even being asked. And would work, and he became known as a very dependable, kind man. A man that was eager to help. And he, kept, he, he became, he changed. He changed his reputation. And then one day there was a stranger that came into town, and he saw the ST on the man's forehead. And he pulled another guy aside and he says, what does the ST mean? And I said, you know, that was a long time ago. I don't even remember what that meant. But I was taking a guess. I would, I would guess it's probably an abbreviation for saint. You know, no matter what you've done in the past, you can change your future. You can change can change how people think about you by what you do. But even if you don't, you can trust in God and you can do what is righteous every day. In Isaiah 26 and verse 3, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever.
trusting in God will give you peace. In the 17th century, there was this high-level diplomat that was on a mission, on a very important mission. There were two countries at war. I would say at war, they were on the brink of war. They were about to go to war. And this diplomat's job was to stop the war. And on the way there, he was worried that he might say the wrong thing. He was worried about what he was going to say and what was going to happen. And he had a servant with him, and that servant was sleeping, so he woke him up so he could tell him about everything he was afraid of and all of his worries and concerns. The servant listened to all of his fears, and then he said, Master was... Do you think God was in charge? Did God rule before you were born? And he said, most assuredly he did. Do you think he will rule after you're dead? He said, I believe he will. He said, then why not let him rule in the presence? And the diplomat thought about it. And then him and his servant were able to sleep. We lack peace when we don't trust God to rule. And if you're worried about something, pray to God. Cast all your cares on him. For he cares for you. And then do what he says in his word. Do this and you'll have peace. Finally, when Jesus was about to be born and his birth was announced, the Bible said all of heaven rejoiced. In Luke chapter 2, in verse 13, it says, And suddenly there was an, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. After Jesus came, did he usher in universal peace in the world? We don't see that today. Jesus said in Luke 12, 51, he said, Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, no, not at all, but rather division. Jesus said he didn't come to bring peace in the world. This world has always been at war with itself and at war with God, and that's not going to change. But Jesus came to take you out of that war, to bring peace between you and God. John 14 and 27 says, Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus talking. says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid.
If you don't have peace with God this morning, then nothing else really matters. You need to have peace with God before anything else. God wants to have peace with you. He does. God wants to have peace with you so much that he let his son be killed. He caused his son to die for you so that he could have peace with you. Don't you want that peace? If you don't have it this morning, you need to find that peace. You need to obey God. You do what he wants you to do. Stop fighting him. You're not going to win a fight against God, so just stop. Give in and do what he says to do. If you haven't been baptized, you need to do that. You need to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ and accept that peace agreement that God made with his son to forgive all of your sins, and he will. And you will have peace if you continue to do what God says to do. So I want to encourage you with this this morning, and I also want to encourage you this week to don't add to the stress and the division in this world, but seek to have peace with everyone. And that's my message for you. I hope something I've said has been useful to you. We always offer an invitation song. We're going to do that now if you would like any spiritual help from the church, we'd be glad to give it to you in any way. Please come forward now as we stand and sing.